0: Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with hosts Phil Davis and Liz Heemstrom.
1: Well, good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you're at in the world, whether you're listening live or tuning in later. Um, today, we're going to be talking about one of the most central things when it comes to branding, and that is, what do I need to brand my business? When I first started in this business, I used to get a lot of questions like, can you help me with my my brand marketing? And I always kind of wondered about that. What is brand marketing? And I think that's most people's attempt to articulate that they just need help with their branding and they don't know what else to call it, brand marketing. Um, and so today I thought I'd just break it down for those of you out there who are running either a small business, a startup, a consultancy, you're growing, maybe you're a uh, midway through your business three or four years into it and you're just feeling a disconnect in your brand or your brand messaging and you're going what do I really need to do to go from just running a company and what is the difference between just running a company having a business and branding a business and that's a very legitimate question and I will delve into that because there are some differences and I thought I'd start today and I've got you my, my coveted client in mind and I've, I've dealt with probably several thousand small businesses over the years, and I feel like I have a composite of your pain out there. I really do understand and have empathy for what you go through as business owners. You're chief cook and bottle washer. You're doing it all. Um, and in addition to everything else you do, you've got to keep an eye on what is it that I'm growing? What direction am I growing? What is my business really becoming? And what is my brand really all about? And it's sometimes fuzzy. So today in the interest of brand clarity we're going to unfuzz your business how's that so what do i need to brand my business we're going to start by saying what branding your business isn't branding your business is not advertising your business and the reason i say that is i it's almost like being an ex-smoker i ran a full service advertising agency for 17 years in tampa florida and People in an effort, and rather than branding their business, and we'll get into exactly what that means, they would think that that meant just making it famous. And they would do that through carpet bombing, I would call it, the market with expensive ads. So raining down some ungodly amount of commercials on people's heads until they know your name is not branding, not in the way that that I preach it and understand it. So it's not just about being famous. Uh, There's a lot of companies that are famous that I wouldn't really say are branded in the sense that you and I would want our companies to be branded. So it's not just mass market branding or uh, advertising. It's not just about being famous. Branding your business is really about owning a set of attributes in the mind of your best customer. It's your reputation and it's what you're known for. And therein lies the difficulty. A lot of businesses aren't really known for anything. They're just chasing opportunities. And so you have a name, you have a business model, it's based on products and services that you offer, and then you just grab on anything that comes along because you're just trying to stay alive and survive. And if you're caught in that trap, now is the time to kind of sit back, do an assessment and say maybe what I'm doing is just building a business and not building a brand. And the beauty of building a brand is that Instead of just chasing opportunity, you start living an integral life where you do what you do best. You become known for that. And because people want that, that magic thing that you have, you can command a premium for what you do. You're not just commoditized, but you actually offer something that people want at a premium. So, branding your business, it's not just advertising, it's not just being famous. Um, we've seen cases where companies were famous, Enron was famous, and at the time it went under, it was the seventh largest corporation in the entire planet. And now it's not just famous, it's infamous. But I wouldn't really call that branding, just because people know your name. There could be something that happens, the negative in the news, Exxon um, Valdez hits, you know, all kinds of things happen that make you famous or in the news, and that's not branding. Branding your business is owning that set of positive attributes. Now, here's, here's where it gets down to uh, brass tacks. You have to know what it is that you're trying to own. We call it brilliant branding. It's not about notoriety or fame or even infamy. That's not branding, not in the way that we mean it. Branding starts with one thing and one thing only. So you could write this down when you're not driving or commit it to memory. Branding starts with knowing who you are. And it's as basic as that. If you start from a place where you're kind of an accident, there's a movie called The Accidental Tourist. If you're the accidental business person, you maybe got into it and found out, you know, this works and I'm selling something, you know, and it's working. The trap is maybe you found a business model that is currently working. Maybe you're selling VHS tapes out of a small store, you know, in the late 80s and it's working. But that doesn't mean you own a brand, that just means you own a business. And their history is, is littered with companies that thought they were a brand and really they were just a business cycle. We're hearing today about the closing of all kinds of Toys R Us stores, Toys R Us product, Toys R Us, that's all we are, just toys, um, Books A Million, Radio Shack, Linens and Things, and then we've talked many times about Comp USA. People that got behind a product and not behind a set of attributes. And so when that product cycle wore out, so did the business. And you want to transcend that. You want to create something. When you create a brand, you create an entity that is transcendent. It lives beyond its initial product offering. Apple has lived beyond the computer, even though they started as Apple computers, because they own other attributes, and they just don't own the concept of a, of a computer. So brands are all about identity, and people long to bolster and solidify their own identity by affiliating with brands that strengthen their own sense of self. And not to get too esoteric, but when we're born in this world, there's not much that defines us, and that puts a lot of people in a very insecure place. Who am I? What am I doing here in the world? And they look to props, and that might sound kind of almost disingenuous to create props for people, but you're really doing people a service. It would be disingenuous to offer people clothing so they're not naked. And in our undifferentiated conscious self that we are, that we're born into this world, we don't have a lot of identity. And so we look to things that say, what, you know, are you my mother? What can you do to help me identify who I am? And what we look to a lot of times are brands that resonate with what we aspire to be, or we like to be, or we feel like reflect us. And we're willing to pay a premium to be associated with those kind of brands. And those brands are always based on attributes. So brands are about identity. And people long to bolster and solidify that sense with affiliating through brands. Those brands are based on attributes. I've heard it said years ago, I don't have the attribution for this, but that people buy emotionally and then justify rationally. They love to say, oh, I bought this because it was a great deal. But most people will buy things because of an emotional need. And why do people buy? You'll hear it all the time. I I bought this, why? It's just really cool. Or this, I really look good in this. This makes me look good. It's not like I bought it because it clothed my body. I bought it because I look good in it. I bought it because it's easy to use. I bought it because it makes my life simpler. I bought it because it was fun. I bought it, Some people might not admit this, but it improves my status. And on the red carpet, you hear, you know, what are you wearing? And you think about it, what are you wearing? Then they name people's names. So people that are already famous name the names of another designer who's famous to make them feel better about themselves, it's crazy. So a true brand is not a product, it's not a business per se, it's a way of doing business. So how do you do business differently? What is your special sauce? There was a lot of fried chicken back in the day, and Colonel Sanders came out with 11 secret herbs and spices, secret things like salt, pepper. But he did it in a way that people were convinced that he had a secret sauce. So what is your secret sauce? What is it as a business person that you do, special, unique, and different? What are you doing when you do your best work with your best customer. And I want you to visualize that right now. Think back in the last year or two of that customer that puts a smile on your face. And when you do business with them, they shook your hand or they thanked you profusely. They paid full price, didn't complain, they paid on time and they said, boy, I'd love to refer you to somebody else. Crystallize that. What was happening in that moment? Why were they buying you? What were you doing? I bet it wasn't your product. It was probably some way that you interact, some way that you service, some way that you innovated, some way that you solved a problem, that you use resourcefulness, that you were there, that you did service extraordinaire. What is that recipe that if you can define it, write it down and repeat it, you will have the beginnings and makings of a great brand. And you might already have that. You might already have the makings of a brand and that solid reputation. So that's number one. You've got to know who you are. You know, the Mercedes years ago was just known for prestige, and they lost their way. They saw, like so many of us, an opportunity to go after yet something else they were missing. They left the 80% of their market to chase that elusive 20% that we always feel like is still out there. And they went for a cheaper Mercedes, and they got a C-Class, the Mercedes C-Class. And I remember for years after that when you – Said, well, I ride, I drive a Mercedes. People would say, which one? And all of a sudden, you had to say which Mercedes it was. Because if it was a C-Class back in the day, it was a twenty-some thousand-dollar car, and that's a brand fracture. You know, they lost their way. They lost their what we call their pivot point, that thing they're known for, which was prestige. You drove a Mercedes. Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? and so they kind of lost that we call it finding your pivot point and that pivot point is that thing around which all your goods and services revolve so if there's one thing that you will never ever ever give up on that you will never ever ever compromise on what is that one thing and that will help you find your unique and differentiating point so number one and most important in anything tungsten we talk about all the time brand clarity We start every client discovery meeting when we brand a new company with this discussion of who are you at your core. Don't tell me what you're doing right now because in five years, if you're average, 40% of your revenue stream will be coming from a new and different source. that, That just is astounding. But think about it. If that's the kind of churn that goes on with business, why would you wanna brand around your products and your services? So brand deeper than that, dig deep and get to the footers. Once you know who you are, why you get up in the morning, why you put your shoes on, the second thing you wanna build on is your identity. Build your identity on your pivot point and not your products. This is your actual company. You know why you do what you do, but now look at your company name. And your company name is the most valuable real estate and marketing. It's where you start the very conversation where you set that first impression. And the cliche that you never get a second chance uh, to make a first impression is, is never held more true than when it comes to branding. You announce who you are, and that sets things in motion. And so when you build your identity, or if you've already got one, ask, does that line up with number one, who we are? Does it reflect our point of differentiation? Do we start the conversation and it continues to flow in a good direction and does it reflect this pivot point and point to our strengths? Your name should always, always be a conversation starter and not a conversation stopper. And this is what I hear all the time. I get people that call me up and I say, what is your name? And it's this. And I go, oh, that sounds okay. It sounds like you do X, Y, Z. And immediately the person says, well, that's the problem. We don't do that. We used to. We don't anymore. Um, And then it becomes a game of charades. It sounds like this, but we don't do it. Uh, It's got a hyphen in it. We don't own the dot com. And that's where things kind of digress. So once you know who you are and what you stand for, you begin to look to say, does everything else underneath it align with that? So we're going to take you through this hour, through this alignment process. So that grounding rod, that guiding light is who you are. And then we're going to look at your name, your tagline. We're going to look through the whole litany of things that you need to truly be a brand. And not only just a brand, but a brilliant brand that goes from who you are to your company name, to your tagline, to your logo identity, to your brand story. And we're going to fit all those pieces together so that when you're done, you've got something that just speaks for itself. And then you can move on to doing your business and let the brand do the work of telling people who you are. You've been listening to Brilliant Branding. We're going to dig into even more fun stuff here on the other side of the break. And uh, I'll look forward to speaking with you in just a few moments.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story, and getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote that's tungstenbranding.com
1: on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.
0: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: All right, we're back and we're talking about brilliant branding, not just branding, but brilliant branding. Brands that shine, that are outstanding in their field. Number one, we said today that as a business owner, you've really got to know who you are. Why do you get up? Why do you put your shoes on in the morning? What motivates you? Who are you when you're doing your best work with your best customer? And capture that moment. Really think about that. And then is that reflected in your business? Is that reflected in your name? Is that reflected in what you tell people? Or do you do business one way and people know it, but you have to struggle mightily to, to convey that when you go out and you talk to people and you introduce yourself and you say your company name? So once you know who you are, why you do what you do, we love to say at Tungsten, we create environments where people thrive. You know, when people are clear and they're on point and they understand what they do, the whole organization begins to gel. People get excited about what they're doing. They know. People have a sense. Your employees really need to know why they're doing what they're doing. People have a deep, deep need for meaning in their life. And when you give them that meaning through direction, through purpose, through mission, and it's clearly communicated, it makes people excited to be at work. So know who you are. Know why you're on task, why you're doing what you're doing. And then check. Number two, we said you've got to find out, is that really shining through on your identity? And maybe you need to take a look at your identity if it's not. Your name should be a conversation starter, not a stopper. It doesn't have to be literal. Literal names a lot of times are not good names because in, in the long run, they're too literal and they become constricting and, and defining. But it should be something that points to how you do business. It should not be about geography. Uh, I just saw as companies expand, there is a pediatrics that um, expanded here in our area from another city, Highland. I think it was Highlands Pediatrics. It just says we're from another city, pediatrics. How does that help me know what kind of pediatrics are you? Are you, do you? are you extra caring? Are you specialized? Do you have more specialized doctors than anybody else? Are you better staffed? Are you larger? Are you, um, is it about your hours and convenience? Are you open 24-7? Is it about being available? No, it's all wasted with a city name in front of it that's not even the city that we're in. So I talk about your name being kind of the Manhattan real estate Uh, of branding and marketing, and that's why we focus so much on it, because it's such a huge part of brand clarity, when you have to stop and and back up and explain. Your name also should not be about your products. Doesn't mean that the product name isn't at the end of it, you know, Midas Mufflers, because you can always lose that reference later, but it should not be embedded, unless that's all you plan on doing, is just being a product. And the reason I say that is, we're talking today about how do you brand your company. People ask me all the time, how do you brand your company? Well, a brand is different than a product life cycle. If you're riding the wave and you plan on retiring in five to seven years and you think your product's gonna be hot for the next five or six years, you can run a business, you can create a margin while products are hot, you know? Um, there was a thing that came out last year and I think it was those spinners. <laughs> that had a product life cycle of about two weeks. I bought one, my son bought one, we sat around and spun them. I have a little ADHD, so uh, it was great, but I wouldn't have built a business, you know, spinnersusa.com, and plus, there could have all kinds of uh, repercussions. So no, don't do that. Don't make it about the product, uh, unless you want your product to become a product, or your business to become a product life cycle. That's not good. It shouldn't contain arbitrary or unrelated parts. And I get this a lot. People come to me. I'm really struggling. We do this. I just wish more people knew how great we were. So, so why don't they? Tell me about your company. And your company name is whatever. And I'll say, well, how did you come up with it? Well, it's a mashup of my kids' initials and my wife's maiden name. Or it's a mountain I flew over once when I was – These, I mean, these. I'm not making these up. Um, and so it's almost as if – the effort was on how can I tie this into a personal story about myself, which is being you centric instead of being the client centric. People want to know what's in it for me. What is it? How is it you're benefiting me? So don't create acronym names which can turn into horrible things if something happens in the world like ISIS Um or there's a company that was, uh, had a, a name, and it was uh, WTF, World Taekwondo Federation. All of a sudden, WTF wasn't so cool. So people get into trouble with acronyms. They get in trouble with last names. Um, they can't sell it because they're associated with it. Those aren't good reasons to create a brand identity, and they don't go back to your who or your why, who you are and why you're in business. We're talking about creating a brand that is timeless. So here's what we do encourage clients to do. Create positive connotation or ish names that provide a hint as to how you do what you do. Not what you do, but how you do what you do. We had a client that came to us, very geographic name, Kansas City Sampler. They sold fan and sportswear in Kansas City, and they're moving to Texas. And we've been checking in on them lately. I reconnected with them, haven't talked to them in a while. And we said, well, what is it that you really do? They said, it's all about that diehard fan. So we said, so those are people that are just being supportive. They're in the stands. They've you know, got the war cry going. They're painting their faces. So what would be a better brand that reflects that, who we are? And we created the name Rally House. And when you go visit somebody else's stadium, you're in their house. And you're there, and you're going to rally. So Rally House now has grown from, I think, two locations, maybe three, in Kansas City called Kansas City Sampler. They're much more congruent now at Rally House. That opened them up to grow into other states, and now they have 61 stores, 61 stores across the U.S. of A. Another company we helped, we we now branded them Big Earth. Again, it's an ish name, Big Earth. Even if you didn't know, you would say, well, what's, what's the story? there? big earth. What do you do, earth moving or earth? Well, we sell large amounts of dirt, soil, and aggregate in volume. It's big amounts of earth goods, you know, and people just really jive on that name. The client went from wholesale landscape supply, very generic, to big earth. People started asking if he had bumper stickers. Now, I always call this the T-shirt effect. If you've got a great name, people should want to wear your T-shirt. And we've all been in those places where someone says, hey, I've got a T-shirt for my company, and you're just backing away. Like you've got a drawer full. You're trying to get rid of those, actually. Your drawer's already stuffed with those. Uh, acronym names, you know, JQZ Consulting. I, I don't want a shirt with that. But I might wear Big Earth. Um, so it was, it was a, a cool move for them. Another company we named Team Logic that does, you know, hooks up things at your computers, comes into your workplace, does all that stuff that we don't like to do when we're trying to just type away and things break down. And the whole idea there, positive connotation. We work with you as a team. We work with things in the field of logic, uh, things that are electronic, things that are network related. We're IT people, team logic. Again, 50 or 60, maybe more than that. Franchise locations now throughout the United States. So those are names that are going to continually resonate. They don't box them in, and they tie back to who they are. When that uh, original franchisor came to me from Franchise Services, they had other franchises, Pip printing and some other ones, they said, we need a name that resonates, that we will come in and we will be part of your team, and we will help you. And so that name has continued. You can also, if you're saying, well, my name isn't working, but what else is there besides positive connotation names to brand my business? You can invent them. Here's the trick, though. When you go with an invented name, it still needs to have word parts that point to your, to your why. We rebranded a company called Testcraft, which sounded kind of toolish. Like, I don't know, you do testing? And this one we named Brillium. And it's, it's the, the power to know better. And Brillium has that sense of brilliance, knowledge, wisdom. So again, it's that ishness of it that goes back to why are you doing what you're doing? They wanted to create human-based insights into your company. You know, there's a lot of data out there, but what's human-based? What's based on human emotions and reactions? How can you predict human behavior? So this platform, this IT platform had grown and they needed a big name that really embodied this sense of mission and purpose. Um, We had a sales organization that we named Revisent based on basically creating revenue for people and doing it in in kind of an excellent way. So those are ishy kind of names. They sound, they allow you to keep the conversation going. So here you have your why are we on task, what is our mission, we're gonna increase revenue, we want to drive sales. We want to hit the bottom line. It doesn't always have to be super altruistic. Maybe you're just all about being number one. It's about congruency and aligning with what drives you. And these were go-getter guys. And so we said, with if you're a go-getter, let's create a name like Revicent. It's like you're revving your motor. You're you're doing it. You know, and it's magnificent. It's excellent. It's revenue based. So. It's all not feel-goody stuff. It might be energized stuff. It might be powerful stuff. And we had a guest on last week, Jeff from Triple 20. In that case, we used a metaphor to create a brand that was congruent with who he was. And he really wanted people to look at things differently. Just don't take the garden variety approach. Look at things from a different perspective. Take a moment to say, how can we do this in a way that's Everybody else isn't doing it, and it might be more effective. And we called him triple 20 because throwing a dart at the triple 20 will score more than a bullseye. And it opened up this story, this conversation that he could have. So instead of being whatever, whatever consulting, and you sound like, I don't know if you're an accountant, I don't know if you're an insurance agency, it's, it's a meh kind of name, just meh. Now you've got, what is triple 20? Well, have you ever played darts? Yes, I have. No, I haven't. Well, did you know that you can throw a dart and hit a square that will score more than a bullseye? Really? More than a bullseye? A bullseye is 50 points. This is 60 points. But you've got to think different. You've got to think outside of the circle. And you've got to think into the rectangular box. And it involves looking at things differently and throwing differently. What a wonderful way to engage and start a conversation. And so those are the kinds of names that begin to align with who you are. And now you're finding it instead of a hassle and a struggle and a stopping point, your name kind of ramps up and energizes the conversation. So that's number two. You've got a name now that aligns with why you get up in the morning. Why do we do what we do? Here's why we do it. And our name reflects that. It continues the conversation. It's starting to become a brand. Next, you pair that with a tagline, and the tagline is kind of the supporting actor or actress to your name. It further tells, explains the how. It further differentiates you. So think of a tagline like the rudder of a boat. If your brand is the boat, your tagline is the rudder. It's that little tiny piece of wood. It seems inconsequential, but it it determines the direction that the entire boat goes. So when we gave the example of Big Earth, their name was, our name speaks volumes. So it's a little fun, but it also reiterates Big Earth is about volume delivery of of aggregate. And we we do big truckloads of this stuff. In Brillium, we said, what is Brillium? It's the power to know better. Double entendre. The power to know and the power to know better. How could I have known better? They said one of their biggest pain points is they said, we had all this data. We didn't know what to do with it. We sat with it, piles of information, and we made these decisions. And looking back, we should have known better. Well, there was a human element involved in it. People are messy. And what they didn't understand was the way that humans interact with data. So Brillium comes in and they said, we're not going to give you data, but we're going to give you the power and the power to know better. And that clearly differentiates them. Now imagine how different that sounds than saying I'm with a company called Testcraft. And did you know you can make these tests and from that data, you can, you know, blah, blah, blah. Already you've lost me. But now they're brilliant. So that tagline can really serve to help further differentiate and create this real brandability, that feeling that you've got a tight brand. College Spring helps people get scholarships from um, disadvantaged households. And we created the name College Spring because a spring is like a coil. It's got all kinds of energy in it that can be unleashed. So the tagline to further explain their position was College Spring, potential, these young minds, potential made possible. So it's unleashing that. And last of all, a company that we branded here, Surmount, Uh, And they help people with uh, disabilities. And their whole tagline was overcoming barriers to employment surmount. And the funny thing here is that this company is based in the mountains of Western North Carolina. So it's about surmounting and about overcoming. So you you find out who you are. I know who we are. I know why I get up. I'm very clear as to what my mission is. Our name is is ish-like, it points to it, it further supports it, it doesn't close the door, it opens the door, it doesn't create an impediment to telling our, our passion and our story. And we've got a tagline that further creates even more clarity as, as to it. So what's the next step? Now you're ready to build out your brand story. So it's kind of two-dimensional right now. You've got this name, you've got a tagline, but just having a great name and a tagline and doing business well, that's pretty good. But people want to know. They want to fill it out. You've given them the book. The title is intriguing. Your, your company name is intriguing. And the subtext under the title is intriguing. But you've given them this book, which is your brand. And now they want to know what is the story. Tell me your story. So a great brand should establish a platform that allows you to continue to build that brand message. And that's why a lot of times you'll see flashy, catchy, flash-in-the-pan names fall short. Um, If your company name is Blue Taco, it's hard to follow up beyond that. You know, how did you come up with that? And that's where these names fall short unless there's some connection. You can get people. You can create trendy names. And we're seeing a lot of these names right now. People come in and say, I just want something that gets attention. I say, well, that's fine. But if you're building a brand, it's not just flash-in-the-pan stuff. You know, years ago, I think it was Mitsubishi came out with a line of cars, and it was the late 90s, and they were all like fuchsia, and they were trendy, and everybody loved them. But within three or four years, everybody knew exactly what year those those cars came out. They were from that time period, and they went from looking current to looking very, very dated. Uh, It's like big hair in the 80s. It might seem really, really cool at the time, but you've got to be careful that you don't create these brands that are very attention-getting, but there's no substance behind them. And so that brand, to create it and for it to have longevity, needs to have a story. Uh, I remember the movie uh, that Tom Cruise was in, and he said, You Had Me at Hello. So when you get people at Hello, you need to continue the conversation beyond just the introduction. So you want more than that. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to get back on the other side of the break and we're going to talk about how do you build that brand story so that after you introduce your company and your brand, you've got people at hello. Now they want to know more. They begin to engage you in a conversation instead of walking away. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Brilliant Branding.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote that's tungstenbranding.com tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network voice america variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to brilliant branding to reach our show today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com now back to this week's program
1: all right we're talking today about building a brand out of your business not just having a business Not just XYZ Widget Corporation, but building a brand and what it means. It means bringing it to life. You know, Frankenstein, let's bring this thing to life. You know, let's make it a living thing. Pinocchio, let's make it a boy, not just a puppet. And and that requires authenticity. And that authenticity starts with knowing who you are. Why do you do what you do? I mean, why do you get up in the morning? Why do you like doing this business? And a lot of times I find people have lost their love of business. And if you can drill it back and say, what, what did you like when you first got into this business? And how can you align with that sense of purpose that you had? You'll reawaken that passion. And maybe you'll make decisions and get rid of some employees and drop a couple of clients that are a pain in the butt. And you'll start finding out that life becomes fun again. Because you go, you know, this isn't – I had an advertising agency. And I did it because I enjoyed creativity and creating wonderful ad campaigns and doing things. Well, as I grew, I ended up doing nothing but media buys, and that's where the money was. And I ended up hating my life. I still had an ad agency. So to my mind, it was confusing. I thought, what's changed? I still run an ad agency. It's bigger than ever. But it just became an accounting shop, of running commercials. And one day, I just kind of woke up to the fact that this wasn't why, my who, my why, of why I got into this business, and I made this shift and moved up here to the beautiful mountains of western North Carolina where I overlook the Blue Ridge Mountains every day. I have a pond out back, fish, you know, a little bit of Shangri-La, and it's, it rejuvenates me, and it's much more congruent to why I got into the business that I got into, which was to help people. I genuinely want to help people thrive in their businesses. So it starts with finding your Who? Then you create an identity, a name that doesn't block that who, that doesn't create confusion, opens the door, keeps the conversation going. And you have a great tagline that further explains, highlights, and supports it. You know, at Tungsten, we say, because it's the, the light, the wire, and the light bulb, we say at Tungsten, we're wired for brilliance. Um, and we talk about clarity, not so much naming. We talk about our how. We want to bring clarity and insight into what you do. We left off at the end of the last break on building out your brand story. Your name shouldn't just be clever. It should allow you to then segue into a deeper story. So what is your brand story? We had a gentleman came to us, and he was going to call his company Readior, and it was all about reading. I said, no, I think it's about really parent-child bonding. Everything you've shown me and all the photos are moms, 100% moms, 100%. And There wasn't a single dude in here. And all the kids were two years or younger that's a huge clue that this is not a reading site. And so we named them Early Moments. And so the story is Early Moments, sharing the gift of reading. And so imagine this pitch. Early Moments, what do you guys do? Well, we, you know what we do at Early Moments? We share the gift, and it is a gift of reading. You know those early years with our kids are here and gone, and when they're gone, they're gone forever. And sharing time with your kids is probably one of life's most priceless gifts, a gift that you'll never, ever get back. And we enable those moments with trusted brand names, names like Dr. Seuss, Little Einsteins, Disney, Sesame Street, some of the things you grew up with. They're the stories that kids love and stories that you'll love sharing with them. Now, that's a story. That's early moments, and the name's evocative, and it just... And I was telling this story at one meeting where I was doing a Vistage speech and a and a mom in the back lady that was in the Vistage group started crying. And she says, I shouldn't even be here. I should be home with my kids. And I thought, that name works. <laughs> so that's an example of living your purpose, of saying, why are we creating? Are we just really out to kill trees and, and make books and then sell them in a markup? Or are we here because we really want to improve the lives of people that are raising children and creating those connecting points. And so the whole brand pivoted to talk more and more in their social media and everything about that true sense of connection that you can have with your kids via their products. Now think about it. Since I did this seven or eight or nine years ago, I mean printed books have kind of gone the wayside. But it allowed them to stay alive and relevant because spending early moments with your child, they could put anything to that sales funnel that allows people to continue to do that. It might be something electronic they hold. It might be uh, some kind of an e-tablet for kids. It could be all kinds of things, but that stays open. But if they had branded themselves as you know books something or kids' books unlimited, then they wouldn't have been able to do that. We had a lady, this is one of my favorites. She came to us, and she had a problem in that her clients – were losing their medical reimbursements for their equipment, which was, I mean, life and death, because they would be six months past some change in a regulation, and it was too late. The government changed some regulation, they filed it wrong, and now all this medical equipment that they had billed for, was it was no good. Um, I'm talking about early moments, and the, sharing the gift of reading, and how important that is to to connect with people, and how Sometimes people even hear the name, and they'll 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 have a visceral reaction. I was telling about a lady that actually heard the name and 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 cried at the thought of not spending time with her family so creating that that brand story is what fills it out and takes your brand from being two dimensional to three dimensional. It gives it that kind of that girth so instead of just being a facade, it's something that you can walk into and experience it's It's not just a an identity, a brand identity in the sense of a logo and a name, but it's actually an experience and that comes with that brand story. So number five, you want to complete your package with all of this with a logo that also helps tell this story. And I wouldn't just go for for graphic trends, current colors, arbitrary boxes, things. Again, it goes back to that story, who you are, what you are, and why you do what you do. A great logo should help tell the brand story. And if you Google the word families logo, you'll see one of the most famous logos of all time where the I and the L and the I next to it look like a parent that's standing side by side with a child on each side. So it's the name families, and it looks like a family embedded in there. It just pulls at your heartstrings. Um, on our Surmount logo, I mentioned that we're overcoming barriers to employment as their mission, and we're in the mountains the M on surmount looks like a mountain and we have a swoosh going over it symbolizing that you're going over the mountain, that we're helping to enable you to go up and over and surmount these problems. It's spelled C-E-R-M-O-U-N-T, Surmount. Uh, dot com. And, and they help people overcome it. And that's communicated also in the logo. So don't treat the logo like a throwaway, like just, you know, put a little swish mark or whatever. Help complete this entire brand story with a story, with a tagline, with the look. We had a client, Ember House, and I just if you go to Emberhouse.com, their logo actually has small little looks like embers that are just moving away and they created a video that goes with it. And they tell this whole story about igniting and reigniting your finances, rekindling um, lost opportunities, and that there's times that you can find that you can stoke those embers. And even if you've had hardships and disruptions financially in life, we can help rekindle those things and rebuild that fire and get you back on track in your life, and it's Ember House. Very warm, very touching, very emotive brand, and their site is full of a brand story. Now imagine that compared to EK Financial Associates. Can you feel the difference, the emotional difference, that disconnect? And that's the difference between a, a business and a brand. So you always want to look to create the story and to create that feeling that communicates the totality of your brand. Okay, so we've got our logo. We've got everything. We've got one last thing to do, and you're going to be set. You're going to have a brand, not just a business, and that is to implement it. And this is where I sometimes see people feel like they've got it all together. They've got their logo, their tagline, they've, their, their lips are loaded. Um, and now they go to go do it, and it kind of falls short. Here's how to not to do that. So number six, implement your brand and do it across the board. Develop a brand lexicon, and that's a fancy word for brand language, that re- with related words to help further strengthen and tell your story. When we write about tungsten, we always make sure to include words like bright, brilliant, enlightened, illuminated, clear, clear-sighted, clarity, envision, uh, insight, All of these help to further build the tone and the feel of the brand. And it's been so strong that I've had people make out checks to brilliant branding. (laughs) So the brand message has gotten through. Um, Be creative. We call them Chotskys. Now they call it swag. Um, But think of things that support your brand. Be fun with the brand. Own the brand. Feel the brand. Live the brand. Triple 20, we had Jeff on last week. And I said to him after he was on air, I said, you know, you should buy – just singular beautiful darts that are encased and just send them out to potential clients and just say, we're on target, expect a call. You know, I mean, what would you do if you opened up an envelope and there's this beautiful, you know, platinum dart and this cryptic message? I mean, then you get a phone call and it says, who's calling? The man with the dart. You'd be like, well, by all means, who is this? Tell me about it. And then you start on your brand story. That whole thing about we don't always just throw randomly at the middle of the board that we use precision and insight and guidance to help you score higher than you would ever expect to score. We send out at Tungsten flashlights, light bulbs, uh, decanters that look like light bulbs that are filled with candy, lighted pins. And if you write me right now today, you write me, Phil, at Tungsten Branding, I will send you a Tungsten flashlight. How's that? Just to prove that we really do do this. Philip Tungsten Brandy, give me a shout. I'd love to hear from you and, and how this is benefiting you in your own business. So just really have fun with it. Also develop a brand style guide that gives you the brand voice. So a brand style guide is especially helpful if other people are going to kind of run off with your brand and do things. You've got printers that are using it, employees that are using it. It's kind of an owner's manual to your brand. So they don't take it and use it improperly. For example, you know, we're Tungsten Branding. We talk about we want it to use enlightened approach or illuminated. Those are softer words. Someone could take it not understanding our brand and say, at Tungsten, we shock you with great ideas and we electrify you with our exciting. It would be over the top. No, not that kind of Tungsten. Not finger in the light bulb socket kind of exciting. We want to talk about illumination and insight. So in your brand style guide, you give photo images. These are the kind of photos to use in social media, on the website. These are the kind of images. This is the kind of language. This is how the logo can be used and not used. And it gives standards, very practical standards. Don't squish the logo. Don't stack it if you don't want it stacked. It gives all the guidelines. And that's a very common thing to provide as part of a package when you're doing your brand or rebrand. But most of all, you want to live your brand. You want to keep true. To that pivot point we talked about, what is that one thing that you would not give up on? If all else failed, you would remain true to this one promise. What is this promise that you have that you will always deliver on as a brand? And it's not your product or your service. It's the way that you do. You know, at Tungsten, we we stay with clients to to the bitter end. We'll say, we will stay with you until we create a brand for you that is congruent, clear, concise, compelling, congruent with who you are. And we'll stay with you and work with you until you are happy with that brand. That's our commitment to you to create that kind of brand identity. And we stay with that until our clients are good. Um, And if you do that, you'll earn that positive association, a.k.a. reputation, a.k.a. brand that we've been talking about. And that's how you brand your business. It's a coveted place that you own in your client's mind. And that's what you want to own, a place in your client's brain. You won't be known for just being famous. You, know, you won't just be Enron. You won't be famous or infamous. You'll be actually respected and admired in your field. And so when it comes to branding, for to recap today's thing, it's about fleshing out your business, going from being two-dimensional to three-dimensional by knowing why you do what you do. What wakes you up in the morning? What empowers you? What makes you happy? Who are you when you're at your best with your best customer? Then translating that, aligning that, aligning like a straight line that goes straight from this is what we love to do. It's reflected in our name. It opens the door. It doesn't close the door. It creates conversations. It doesn't stop them. It's supported by a tagline that further elucidates and tells even more about what you do. Park Place the ultimate garage space. It opens the door even more. And then it lends to a beautiful brand story. That's also your elevator speech. Someone asks you effortlessly step in to this beautiful story about why you do. We're Ember House. You know, we take the embers or we take the ashes of maybe a, a bad situation. We rekindle it to re fire up your imagination and relight your future financially. So you have a beautiful story, and then you implement that story both in your look, your logo, and also in everything else you do from your handouts to everything else so that you live that brand. So hopefully these are helpful. This is how you brand a business. If you need any help at all, please feel free to give us a call here at Tungsten Branding or write us, tungstenbranding.com. You'll see all of our contact information on there. And we wish you all the best in building not just a business, Not just a commodity or not just a product life cycle, but building a business that is known for its brilliant branding. We look forward to talking to you next week and have a great week.
0: Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant.